during these Lent services, we're going to be looking at some different people of the, the time of the Jesus' arrest and crucifixion, different ones who maybe aren't real prominent people of the Passion, but ones who had encounters with Jesus. And we're going to be looking at them and then thinking about what did they learn about Jesus from their, their meeting with him. And tonight, we're going to be looking at a man named Malchus, and we read about him in a couple different places. We're going to read first in John chapter 18, and a couple of verses there, and then we'll be looking over in Luke chapter 22 and looking at some verses there. So first in John chapter 18, and verses 10 and 11, it says, And Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Then over in Luke chapter 22, and starting at verse 49. When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the, the, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Lord, thank you for, even in the midst of being arrested, showing grace showing compassion, showing mercy. Lord, pray that, that you would teach us now from your encounter with this man named Malchus. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in a violent world. In violence, it, it abounds and it seems to increase. This last weekend, they say that there were 10 mass shootings in our country. They define a mass shooting as when four or more people are shot. Uh, 10 of them. Uh, just, uh, just in the, the weekend, and those are the ones that were reported, over 50 people were shot. And you say that's just in the shootings that get reported. But violence, though, it isn't. A new thing is just maybe the, the weapons that we have for doing it are, are new and more advanced, but there's violence throughout history. We see violence throughout in the scriptures as well, but in the midst of this violent world, Jesus stands out as so different. Such a, such a contrast from the violent world of our day, the violent world that he entered. He comes that night and he tells them as they're pulling out swords and there's all this fighting that just gets started and he says, no, that's not the way we're doing it. Malchus, as he encounters Jesus that night, if he'd been paying attention, he, he would have learned some things. One thing he would learn is that Jesus' focus was more on healing than fighting. More on healing than fighting. Fighting was something that Malchus 
was probably used to. He's a servant of the high priest. He, he's the guy who gets sent to go and arrest Jesus. He appears, we can kind of assume, he's probably the guy who did the dirty work for the high priest. The high priest was wanting to keep hands clean and appear to be good and above it all, but he'd sent out guys like Malchus to do his work. Malchus was a guy who comes with swords and clubs. He's Maybe he was, in a way, the enforcer. Maybe we might say he was the muscle. He was someone who probably swinging a sword it wasn't a surprising thing, and maybe having a sword swung at him wasn't surprising either. He came that night with the, the swords and the weapons because probably expected to meet some violence. That was probably what happened. That's probably the stuff that he encountered, and that's how he expected people would do things. He figured, we go to arrest them. They're going to fight back. We need to be ready, and we need to have more weapons than they do, and he's probably living with the whole idea that might makes right. And so what Peter did to Malchus in swinging the sword and cutting his ear off, that probably didn't surprise Malchus. The one who surprised Malchus that night was not Peter, but Jesus. He was used to somebody fighting back. He was used to somebody swinging a sword. He wasn't used to somebody healing his ear. <laughs> you know, he comes and Malchus, he, he lives in the world, probably a, a violence. But then he meets Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 5, in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount, in verse 39, he says, You have heard it said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. He, he says, if they, they take your shirt, give them your cloak as well. He says these words that sound in a way so strange. <laughs> words that some in our present day have mocked is just ridiculous words that, that one say you know, just don't work but jesus he said love your enemy pray for those who persecute you and in a way we could add maybe this the he's kind of implying in this he says also heal the one who goes to arrest you show mercy to the one who comes to take you away so contrary to Malchus's world, so contrary to our world, our world says, if somebody's nasty to you, be nasty back. If somebody says rough things to you, then give them an insult back. And we see that, especially in the world of politics, but we see that in other aspects of our world and our life as well. The world has the idea that you've got to fight back. If you're going to be strong, then you need to be nasty to those who are mean to you. But then we look at the scriptures. We look at Jesus. We look at verses like Romans 12, where it says not to take revenge, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is hurting like Malchus was, then seek to heal, is the lesson that Jesus gives. In the story of the Good Samaritan, the 
Samaritan was a different ethnic group than the Jew, and so he could have gone along seeing that guy who was hurting and would have been understandable if he said he's getting what he deserved, that dirty, rotten Jew over there. But instead, he stops to heal. He stops to care for his wounds. There's a battlefield in Franklin, Tennessee, a spot where there was a Civil War battle. And there's this house there that had become the center of this bloody battle. And in the house, they ended up, the the battle was going on, raging all around this house but they used the house as a hospital and and they said that in that house they were bringing both the confederate and the union wounded and they were bringing and treating them both in the same house those who follow christ in a way we ought to be more maybe more like the ones who were in the house than those who were out on the battlefield (laughs) And yet, a lot of times we get tempted to be just like those who are out on the battlefield and those who we differ with, those who are irritating us, we think we better just get out there and defeat them. When maybe we ought to be more like the ones who are in the house and we're trying to bind up the wounds of those that we agree with and also binding up the wounds of those who maybe we don't always agree with. Binding up the wounds of those who maybe are driving us crazy. But we care for them as well. Jesus was binding up the wound of the one who was coming to arrest him. Melchus also finds out that night that Jesus had power he didn't use. Power he didn't use. He didn't need surgical tools to put this ear back in place. It just sounds like he just picked up the ear. If the ear was down or the ear was dangling, it just says that he touched him and he healed his ear. This sounds like it wasn't just some little nick on the ear. It says he cut the ear off. And in that day and age, in that kind of situation, this could have been a major loss of blood. This could have been life-threatening kind of thing for Malchus. But Jesus just simply puts the ear back in place. It didn't do anything big, dramatic. It doesn't seem like it was taxing his powers in the least. Jesus just simply does it. And his ear gets restored. It's in good shape. In Malchus, he had to know how serious this was and also how miraculous this was. And you wonder if Malchus is starting to think after Jesus puts the ear back on in there in place, if Malchus starts to think, what else could this guy do? If he could put my ear back there, then he could stop this whole arrest from happening. If he could do that, then it would be no trouble for him to somehow get away from us and to, to overpower us that Malchus maybe starting to realize this guy has some power, but he doesn't seem to be using it. He could have escaped the arrest. He could have overcome the soldiers, but he chose not to. In Matthew 26 and verse 33, Jesus says that he could have, at that time as they're arresting him and Peter's bringing out the sword, he tells them, don't you know I could call on the Father? He'd send 12 legions of angels. 
But instead, he, he let them arrest him. Malchus, he was probably used to being the most powerful one on the scene. His servant of the high priest. But he had to realize, if he was thinking about it at all, he had to realize at that moment, I'm actually not the most powerful guy here in the garden. This guy. This guy that we just arrested, he's the one who actually has power that Malthus doesn't know about. In Philippians chapter 2, and verses 6 and 7, it talks about how Jesus had equality with God, but he took the form of a servant. He used his divine power that night not to escape arrest. He used his divine power that night to heal the ear of the one who was arresting him. We try to find any way we can to get out of trouble. If we can find some loophole that gets us out of something, we're looking for it. And, and if we can find some treatment that gets us out of suffering and pain, we're in. Jesus, he makes clear that, they, that he had a way to get out of being arrested. But he let them take him. And he did it for us. He did it because Jesus had a higher purpose. He, he had a higher purpose. He tells Peter, he says, Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? He had said a number of times to the disciples that it was necessary for him to be arrested. It was necessary that he be handed over. It was necessary that he be crucified. Peter, he's just looking at the immediate situation. He just looks and he says, this arrest is a bad thing. I need to set Jesus free. But Jesus is trying to tell Peter, look at the big picture. It don't just look at the immediate, look at the big picture that sin needs to be paid for, a sacrifice needs to be made. Jesus needed to go to the cross. His goal was not just his immediate comfort. His goal was to take the cup of suffering so that our sins could be paid for at the cross. And Peter, away at that moment, he's thinking he's going to save Jesus. And he's maybe well-intentioned. But he couldn't save Jesus. And he's not realizing that really what's happening is Jesus is saving him. Jesus is going to the cross to pay for his sins and our sins. Jesus is going to the cross to save us. And so he tells them to, to put away the swords and he tells them not to try to, to stop what was going on. And he says, don't stop this arrest. Don't stop the crucifixion. He knew the pain that was coming, but he knew it was all necessary for our salvation, and so he chose not what was best for him, not what was easiest and most comfortable, but he chose what was necessary for us. In Mark chapter 10, it says, he said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Malchus, he was 
as it says, he was a servant of the high priest. So he was probably a guy who at times he had to put his life on the line for the high priest. But now he's in the presence of the great high priest. And the great high priest is actually putting his life on the line for Malchus. Instead of telling Malchus, okay, you need to go take the bullet for me. You need to take the sword for me. Instead, he's going to the cross for Malchus. He's going to the cross for us. And Jesus treats enemies with grace. He treats enemies with grace. Malchus there to arrest him. He was there to whip him. He was there to beat him. He was there to mock him. Jesus knew all that. He knew that Malchus had probably done some violent, wicked things. He'd probably treated some people cruelly. That's maybe why he had the job that he had. He's not somebody who deserved to be healed. He doesn't give any indication of having a faith in Jesus. He doesn't give any indication of being a follower. But Jesus healed him anyway. That's grace. Unexpected. Unmerited. Doesn't really make sense in a practical way of looking at it. But that's what Jesus does. That's what he did. We don't like to admit it, but in a way, we're, we're like Malchus. Maybe we say, well, not to the extent of that, but still we're as undeserving as he is. We have sinned against a holy God. We haven't always followed as we should. We haven't always obeyed as we should. We've done our thing and not done what God wanted. And yet still Jesus, he went to the cross to heal us. In Isaiah 53, it says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. He took the punishment that we deserve on the cross. He got crushed and punished that we deserve, but he took it for us. And now, by his grace, we can have more than just our ear healed. Our soul can be healed. Our broken relationship with God can be healed. That's, that's grace. And we live in this this violent world that believes in a sword for a sword. But Jesus, he responds to the sword with grace. He responds to our sin with grace. There's the old TV show, MASH. And it was about uh, Army Hospital and the Korean War. And there was one episode where they're treating 
some American soldiers, and they're also treating some Koreans. And then it's discovered that one of the Koreans that was brought in was actually North Korean. And one of the guys gets pretty upset about it. He says, we're, we're treating, we're caring for a North Korean. We shouldn't be doing that. And then some of the other doctors, they said he, he didn't have a uniform on in the operating room. They said, we're just here to care for people who are hurting. We don't really care what side. He, he, just, he was hurting. He, his life was on the line. We're here to care for the hurting. So we'll do it. And then as the episode goes on, it's this North Korean recovers. He starts to get a different kind of attitude towards the Americans. And he gets a little surprised. These Americans actually weren't trying to just eliminate him. But they actually bound up his wounds. That's how grace works. And that's how God has done for us. He, he cares for our hurts even when we were enemies of his. Even when we were enemies of his, he went to the cross to bring healing to our souls. And that grace, that healing that he brings, it changes us. It changes us from being separated to being friends. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for that healing that you can bring, that healing that you want to bring. Thank you, Lord, for treating us not as we deserve, but thank you for treating us with grace. In Jesus' name, amen.